When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker. Ripped him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket each and every Monday. Barring high school sports and national holidays, because obviously those are far more important. But each and every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time, grab lunch, join yours truly. The fastest hour in radio each and every week. Adam Carricker on the ticket. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've always got a loaded show. When you're doing a show once a week for an hour, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Today is extra loaded. Just some of the things on the docket. And I didn't get to this last week. So I honor my word. I'm going to get to it this week. I want to talk about it. This happened a while ago, but I have not talked about it here on this Phenomenally phenomenal station, 93.7 The Ticket just yet. So I want to talk about the Big Ten's media rights, $350 million deal. Also, is it possible? Can the Big Ten keep growing? The answer is yes. I don't know that people will like what I have to say about it. But at this point, why does anybody even pretend to do what's right? We're just going to do what's best for ourselves and our own conference because that's just the world we live in. All right. Also, Nebraska's 2025 college football schedule came out. The gauntlet of all gauntlets, ladies and gentlemen. I also want to share, if you haven't heard some of Trev Albert's brief comments on that, my thoughts on his brief comments. Also, the Big Ten's protected rivals. I guess we're going to be playing Iowa going forward. Who do I wish would have been on that list, on our list of protected rivals? Because I only saw Iowa. There was at least one more school I wanted to see on there. All right, the SEC. They're only going to play eight conference games going forward because they're special. They're super-duper special. We're going to chat about that, but we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it because why? And then we got some recruiting news to chat about. All right. The ongoing landscape of recruiting in college football. Let's be honest. It never really truly stopped, whether it's a dead period, whether it's not. All right. My former teammate, one of my favorite guys I ever played with, Pork Chop, Mr. Corey Ross, will be joining us. And I got a whole plethora, a whole list of questions. I've been waiting to ask that man for years, and I'm excited to do so today. Now, I want to launch, okay, a new segment. The last five to ten minutes of this show, each and every day, I want to dub it the People's Segment. Because here's what I want to do. I'm live. I'm live right here, right now. I want you to ask me questions, and I want to say that last five to ten minute segment, the people's segment, and I want it to be nothing but fan questions each and every week. Now, here's where to send the questions. Call or text 402-464-5685. 402-464-5685. Send them throughout the show. Okay. Rico, the best producer under God's hot sun, 
We'll keep a tab on them, and we will go through them at the end of the show. Again, that's 402-464-5685. Before we light this candle, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor. I'm sure you've driven by GE Landscape and Supply countless times, likely without even knowing, at 6701 Cornersker Highway. Now it's time to stop in. GE Landscape Supply sells to homeowners and contractors with a vast selection of landscaping and construction materials. They sell in bulk to save you money. Buy anything from a five-gallon bucket to a semi-load. And don't forget, they deliver anywhere, nearby or far away. Stop by at 6701 Cornersker Highway from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. Go to GELandscapesupply.com for more info or call 402-467-1627. Now, this Big Ten media rights deal. All right. Big Ten media signed a deal with NBC. All right. Now, NBC expects this. They have such high expectations for this deal. It's a 350 million dollar, do you see how I pronounce that? 50, $350 million deal for the Big Ten rights for NBC. All right. Now, to them, and they even said this, and I just mentioned it. I'll repeat it again real quickly. It's the biggest acquisition that NBC has made, in their opinion, since they acquired NFL Sunday Night Football Package all the way back in 2005, nearly two full decades ago. Now, what are they going to get? They're going to get 14 to 16 Big Ten games a season, up to the 2029 season. Peacock gets eight additional football games and 77 regular season men's and women basketball games. Big 10 on NBC and Peacock. Now, here are some of the things that NBC's added over the years. This is how big the Big 10 conference is becoming. It's literally coast to coast, all the way from Piscataway, New Jersey, that will never not be fun to say, to one year from now, all the way out to LA, Cal- LA uh, California, Los Angeles, California. We're literally coast to coast come one year from now, the Big Ten Conference. Okay, and the SEC, right now, we're, we're, everybody's trying to catch the SEC in football, so to speak, all right? But they're very regional. I think at some point, having this coast-to-coast type of philosophy that the Big Ten has adopted is going to benefit the Big Ten big time, okay? But since 2005, NBC has also acquired NASCAR in 2013. Notre Dame football, English's premier soccer league, even WWE. All of WWE, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, everything is now on Peacock, okay? Now, before you laugh, most of you know I'm a, I'm a pro wrestling fan, okay? It is predetermined, not fake, just putting that out there. The WWE, before you laugh, they're a $9 billion company, okay? All right, their annual net income is 195.6 million. Their operating income is up 11% over the past year. 11% in just over a year to a record 283.3 million. Okay. That doesn't even include Raw, Monday Night Raw in USA, which is their flagship show. SmackDown, which is actually on Fox. Okay. The Big Ten, the expectations are larger per NBC. Why? Because it's a wider audience. I just talked about Coast to Coast. And the English Premier Soccer League, you're going to have a hard time finding fans who are as passionate as soccer fans. And by the way, don't call it soccer. If you're talking to them, call it football. We're American football because that's how they view it. By the way, Ted Lasso, a great show. If you haven't ever seen it, go check it out. All right. But here's why they think the Big Ten can surpass anything they've done since 2005, talking about NBC and this deal and why they did the deal. Because they believe 
Big Ten college football fans are just as passionate as English Premier Soccer, or in their word, football fans, but there's a bigger audience, okay? And so that's why they're so excited about this deal. Now, I had, I had someone actually ask me this question, and I thought it was a fun question, so I thought I would answer it here. I've answered it one other place, but not here. Can the Big Ten actually keep growing? The answer is yes. The ACC, you know, they got their Magnificent Seven that is formed. At least I believe that's what it's called. ACC's Magnificent Seven. And they're trying to see if they can't get out of the ACC, so to speak. Get out of their contract that they're stuck in. That Magnificent Seven consists of, consists of North Carolina, NC State, not Duke, Miami of Florida, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, and Virginia, and Louisville. Louisville was left out of this, which I thought was interesting. Okay. But when I was asked, how can the Big Ten keep expanding? I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, there's a way to keep expanding. I don't know if people are going to like what I have to say, but I'll start with this. Add Notre Dame. Geographically makes a lot of sense. I know that Notre Dame has way more ties to the ACC, but the ACC isn't exactly the strongest thing on planet Earth at the moment, at the moment which I just discussed. They're not even that great at basketball anymore, at least right now. If North Carolina Duke could make a comeback, that would help. Maybe they could do that in the Big Ten if they decide to jump ship from the ACC. But here's how the Big Ten could grow. Add Notre Dame. And here's where it gets hairy, ladies and gentlemen. Then just keep poaching teams. Don't pretend to give a crap about what's right now. Let's go out and destroy the Pac-10, okay? Go after Oregon, which has over 4 million people in that state, plus Nike. Washington, all right? Oh, Washington State was actually one of my favorite teams growing up, so I feel bad saying this. But Washington, and that state has nearly 8 million people population-wise, if you're talking about these TV deals, which are the main, okay? the main revenue driver nowadays, even more so than people in the stands, even more so than merchandise and soda and things that are sold during games. All right, Utah. All right, BYU just went to the Big 12. Utah, even better than BYU, typically, more often than not. Then you can go south if you want. By Miami of Florida or FSU or Clemson or North Carolina if you want to add a name brand basketball school or Duke. I prefer Carolina because they're a little bit better at football better at baseball as well. So I'm not going to lie. I am, I'm involved in a lot of youth sports and I hate it when coaches poach and I hate it when people do all these underhanded things to try to win with eight, nine, 10, 11 year old kids. It's pathetic, but college football is big business. And like I said, it may not be right, but why pretend to give a crap about what's right at this point? It's obvious what's going on. Who's going to survive? Who's going to grow? Cause if you ain't growing, you're barely hanging on. And then you may not be around pretty soon. So it may not be the right thing. But if the Big Ten is going to keep growing, and eventually I could see where we could end up with two main conferences 10 years from now. Big Ten, SEC. I mean, the Pac-10 without USC and UCLA is barely hanging on. The ACC's Magnificent Seven clearly isn't thrilled with what they're dealing with there. Okay, The Big 12 was thought to be on the way to being dead a few years ago. They're hanging on for now. How strong are they really going to be once Oklahoma and Texas leave? All right now, TCU and Kansas State, they were the two teams in the Big 12 football championship game a year ago. They're not Oklahoma, Texas, but we do know historically those are the two big name brand programs, which is why the SEC welcomed them with open arms. So I'm interested. It's curious. Uh, it's interesting to me, and I'm curious because I think football's uh, the uh, conference realignment is just going to keep changing and growing. 
and five years from now won't look the same, and 10 years from now may not be recognizable. The ACC's Magnificent Seven, again, North Carolina, NC State, not Duke, Miami of Florida, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Louisville not included. Where are they going to end up? Are they going to stay in the ACC? Are they all going to go somewhere together? Just think about if the Big Ten added Oregon, Washington, okay? And I know some people are going to throw Stanford out there. Fine. I don't care. What if they added Miami? What if they added Clemson? Schools like that, North Carolina. I think you could get up to 20 teams, have two 10-team divisions. Trev Alberts is already talking about the non-conference schedule needs to be lighter. So if you have 20 teams, two 10-team divisions, you have nine non-conference games. They could all just be your division opponents. And then you got three, I'm sorry, nine conference games, all your division opponents, and then three non-conference games. There's your 12 games. So you can play everybody in your division. You actually have a true division champion because right now a lot of times the division champions are decided by, yeah, who, who the better team is, but who has the easier schedule? Let's be real. That, that has a big impact. So let me know your thoughts. Am I crazy on this? Do you hate what I'm saying? Is it just realistic in the world we live in? Let me know. 402-464-5685. And once again, I'm just going to throw it out there. I see in the medium, I was going to say near future or not so near future, in the medium future, five to 10 years, two dominant conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. The SEC in football is going to be ahead. But I do think the Big Ten being coast to coast. And then if they added a North Carolina name brand basketball school, especially if they can get back to being North Carolina in basketball, if they added a Florida school, the recruiting that that would help, the expansion from Northeast all the way out West to now Southeast, I mean, that would be huge. Being a name, a national brand versus just regionally in the South, which could be a mistake that the SEC is making potentially. All right, now I do want to get on to the next topic. My next topic being this, Nebraska's 2025. And let me know your thoughts to what I just said. Send in your questions, send in your comments, your concerns, okay? And I will address them at the end of this program, the fastest hour in radio each and every week, the last five to 10 minutes of people's segment, okay? But now I want to talk about Nebraska's 2025 schedule. Most, a lot of you have seen it. If you haven't, it is not easy. All right, we got Akron. Okay, then at Cincinnati, this team that was in the college football playoff two years ago, I believe they finished ranked a year ago, almost won their conference championship again. They're going to the Big 12, so that's going to be a Power 5 conference team on the road. Okay, Louisiana Monroe, Maryland. And I'm just going to read. I'm not going to try to go on. I'm just going to read some of the other, other teams. USC. Top 10 football program of all time. Ohio State, same thing. Michigan, same thing. Then you got UCLA. Then you've got our big rival, okay, Iowa. Minnesota, who consistently plays us tough. You look at this schedule, and it's a pretty tough schedule. It is pretty brutal. It's going to be fun to watch. I like that. That excites me. Let me know your thoughts on Nebraska's 2025 college football schedule. It's like a bunch of bowl games. I feel like, especially with USC, UCLA, just in the regular season. And it's going to be, you know, Matt Rule will have, have had some time to build this program up a little bit. How's he going to do? How are they going to fare with this tough competition? Now, one thing that Trevor Alberts did say, and I quote, the reality is you play in the Big Ten Conference and you add USC and UCLA. There is nobody's schedule that you look at and go, wow, this is easy. 
end quote. All right. Now, Trev also went, also went on to talk about how a lighter non-conference load may be necessary. You know what? I don't disagree. I've always really disliked, disagreed, despised teams that just play easy non-conference schedules. And I get it. You know, back when Bill Snyder took over Kansas State and they were awful. He was just trying to get his guys to win some games and then he built them up. And even when they were built up, he kept that non-conference cupcake schedule in 98 when they were supposed to be so good and they were number one in the nation at one point. They still had a, a, a cupcake non-conference schedule. Well, conferences have gotten a lot tougher. So I don't, I don't disagree with Trev in, in his thoughts of maybe if you're going to play 84,000 teams <laughs> that are that good, I'm rounding down. Maybe you don't want to beat yourself up in the non-conference. And you look, at, you look at the SEC. I've always been, hey, schedule at least one tough non-conference opponent. And some other tune-up, warm-ups, get guys in, get them reps, get your backups ready. Okay, don't beat up your starters. Get them ready for the, for the, non, for the conference games once it rolls around. But always one non-conference tough opponent. I've always been that type of advocate. But when, you're, when your conference schedule looks like this, I get what Trev's saying. But you look at the SEC. They're like, eh, we're just going to do what we want. So Tom Chattel, a couple days ago, talked about at some point, nine games would cost the SEC a college football playoff spot or not having uh, nine conference games. I'm sorry, not having nine conference games would cost the SEC a college football playoff spot or a bowl, a bowl appearance. And when I saw that, I was like, no, nah, I don't agree. All due respect to Tom. I mean, he's phenomenal. I just like, no, the SEC gets everything they want. And, they, like, and, and they're really good. They're, they're, they're top heavy. Okay, they're very top heavy. But those teams at the top are very good, and they keep winning national titles, and they keep getting wins in the college football playoff. Like, what are you going to say? They're going to get the benefit of the doubt whether we like it or not. Want to change that? we got to start beating them. It's that simple. Uh, other conferences got to start beating them. And the SEC came out and was like, we're going to stay with our eight-game conference schedule. Why would we change? We're not going to be punished, which they won't, until we start beating them, if we start beating them. Hopefully, we can get to that point. And I'm talking about the rest of America. Until that happens, they're going to stick with an eight-game conference schedule because it behooves them. It helps them. They're probably going to keep that second glorified bye week. In other words, you know, Auburn and Alabama play at the end of the year. Georgia, Georgia Tech play. More often than not, they schedule a really easy non-conference game right before their big rivalry games. SEC teams tend to do that. Why would they change that? They'd be given no reason, no motivation. They've never been punished. No reason, no motivation to change it, so why would they? Hopefully, we can give them one over time. All right, again, call or text your questions, 402-464-5685. I will get to them at the end of the show. We're going to stockpile them. Call it the People's Segment at the end of the fastest hour in radio each week here on The Ticket every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. All right, got a little bit of recruiting news, a couple of thoughts. All right, Mario Buford, a four-star defensive back out of Texas, the brother of current safety Marquise Buford. He's a 2024 commit. Right, this is a talented dude. This is a dude that's got some ability. He's, he's a guy we should be excited about. It, I feel better. I don't tend to pay a, a ton of attention to commitments because guys decommit, because guys come here and they transfer. So how much, how much value in stock can you really put into a commitment? I put a little bit more into this one simply because Mario Buford, his brother, as I mentioned, safety Marquise Buford is already here. So there's a tie. So I would think there, there'd be... Uh, a little bit more of a meaning to playing for Nebraska 
probably a little bit more meaning to the commitment. All right, now you look at 2025 commit Tyson Terry, a three-star defensive lineman out of Omaha. He can play offensive or defensive line. He's also a state champion heavyweight wrestler. Now, it's interesting. I was asked, how, is, how important is it to keep dipping into Texas for recruits and also the importance of in-state recruiting and getting a big dude who's a high-level wrestler? It's interesting because when I started coaching football, my son was nine and I couldn't help but notice immediately. I had uh, the 24 kids on the team or 23, whatever we had, there was like six wrestlers, kids, six kids who'd wrestlers wrestled 18 who had not. Immediately it became incredibly obvious. The kids who had wrestled were catching on to football very quickly, comparatively speaking, to those who had not wrestled. There's a lot of carryover, a lot of translation, especially in the trenches. Learning to get low, you're learning to uh, use leverage, things of those in nature. Wrestling builds toughness too, which obviously translates over to football. And tackling came a lot easier and quicker, I should say, to those who are used to wrestling. So I've always thought wrestling, especially in the trenches or guys on defense who are going to open field tackle a lot more, I always thought it benefited them. Okay, now as far as dipping into Texas and in-state recruits, you know, I would love, and obviously Coach Matt Rule has has ties to the state of Texas from his days in Baylor and beyond. You know, I think having USC and UCLA join the conference is going to open up some recruiting doors to California. Because right now the Big Ten is the only conference at this moment, right here, right now, in this moment in time, with no ties to the three major recruiting grounds, which is California, Texas, Florida. We have none. So if Matt Rule has ties to maybe building a recruiting pipeline back to Texas for Nebraska, that'd be great. If the Big Ten can start to recruit California a little more. That'd be great. California, USC, UCLA has been awful at keeping their recruits in state. Awful. Okay. So I think getting into Texas, having the opportunity to get into California, that's going to help the Big Ten immensely. All right. Getting guys to commit this far in advance. When you talk about a guy like Tyson Terry, class of 2025, they're going into their junior years of high school. How big is that? Well, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. But I think you've got to continue to recruit them because as I just mentioned, guys decommit all the time and they go somewhere else. you got to keep their attention. you got to continue to recruit them. They've obviously got to continue to play well. they got a lot of high school football still, still in front of them. Recruiting is happening earlier than I've ever seen in my life. Guys are committing earlier, and that's great. But you got to continue to recruit them. And they got to continue to play well. You know, you can't all of a sudden your last year or two of high school just kind of, oh, I'm committed here. I'm just going to kind of phone it in a little bit. No, that should be motivation to work that much harder. And so recruiting Texas, building a pipeline, I think could be awesome. I think in-state recruiting, I've already talked about that numerous times in the past. You got to be a good football player first. People, when I and I mentioned this before. When they're like, oh, you're overvaluing in-state recruits. Why would you take a Nebraska kid over someone else if they're not that good? Well, why would you recruit somebody who's not that good no matter where they live? You got to be good at football first. But all things created equal, I will take someone who wants to play closer to home as much as I possibly can because it's going to mean more to them. They're less likely to go somewhere else. They're less likely to transfer. They're more likely to put in time and effort the closer they are to home. And I'm not saying... You have to be from Nebraska for it to matter to you. That's obviously not correct. 
All right. The Peter Brothers, New Jersey. Tommy Frazier, Florida. I was born in Hastings, but when I was three, I moved up to the state of Washington. Grew up state of Washington. But I grew up watching Nebraska every single Saturday with my dad, who's the biggest Husker fan I've ever met in my life. So it's got to matter to you, no matter where you're from. And opening up some of these recruiting doors, whether it be in-state, Texas, California, or otherwise, could benefit Nebraska in a big way, as long as they're the right type of players. All right. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back with one of my former teammates and one of my favorite teammates of all time, Mr. Corey Ross. Don't go anywhere.